Today on Understanding Immigration, Biden's disastrous border policy's role in increasing child abuse. What's fueling the surge of illegal aliens now in this border crisis? What's going on here? It's about catch and release. If you tell the entire world that if you come to our borders illegally, doesn't matter how you get here, that we're going to process and release you in the United States and never to be heard from again. Shocker, they're going to come. The reality is what, what they're really doing on the front end, CBP, they're, they're ensuring that the unaccompanied minor has not been trafficked, right? That, that's really the most important thing, and that's the crux of what TVPR tried to do. But then it all breaks down from there, especially on this administration. Well, isn't that because the smugglers use it? knowing they're going to be released? That's exactly right. So basically a law that says we don't want kids trafficked right. is creating the incentive to smuggle them. That's exactly right. And what happens is once they're in the United States, they become victims of trafficking. Coming to you from Washington, D.C., you are now listening to FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. Americans all across the country are seeing our border collapse, and we've heard about many issues associated with that, from human trafficking smuggling of fentanyl, kidnapping, the list goes on and on. And today we're going to focus a little bit more on the trafficking of children who are coming across the border. We've seen a skyrocketing number of unaccompanied minors, as it's called. And so today we're going to focus on children and understanding the laws that have led to the problems. Especially we're going to zero in on the William Wilberforce Trafficking Victims Protection Reauthorization Act, TVPRA. William Wilberforce Trafficking Victims Protection Act. And it's been around since 2000. It got amended in 2008. And it was also subject to a legal settlement that has ultimately produced the kind of fraud and manipulation that we see now. And the number of unaccompanied minors has skyrocketed, uh, certainly under the Biden administration. And joining me to talk about this specific aspect of it is, is Mark Morgan, former head of Customs Border Protection, and he has been also a senior fellow with FAIR for some time and doing a fabulous job for the organization. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dan. Well, you know, the Biden border crisis, which is a man-made disaster done intentionally by overt sabotage of our nation's institutions, has led to a dramatic spike in the number of what they call unaccompanied alien children, or UACs. <clears throat> These are people who show up at the border they don't seem to have a parent in this country, and they're not with a parent when they come across the border, and they've been skyrocketing since January 2021. Let's see what happened in January 2020. Let me think about that one. Oh, I know. Biden came in. <laughs> right. During each full month of the Trump administration, so we only saw an average of about 4,000 UACs a month, um, whereas now under the Biden administration, we're seeing 13,000 or more apprehensions. That's a 333% increase. So clearly— there has been a policy change that has prompted these dramatic increases. Total UAC apprehensions between ports of entry jumped from 30,000 in fiscal year 2020 to 144,000 in 21, and now 150,000 in last year 2022. And these figures, they don't even account for the children among the 1.2 million known gotaways. These are folks who enter without inspection. Border Patrol can't, can't find them, can't catch them. So because of these laws we currently have, influx turns the Border Patrol into a primary caregiving operation, babysitting, changing diapers, huggies, and all that, diverting resources that allows the fentanyl to get trafficked while they're distracted. So, Mark, what's fueling the surge of illegal aliens now in this border crisis? What's going on here? Yeah, so there's a lot of things going on, Dan, but but specifically I, to try to you know uh, put it in ways that, that folks can just understand – because you don't have to be a border security expert or rocket scientist to understand what's going on. It's about catch and release. 
And right now, if you tell the entire world that if you come to our borders illegally, doesn't matter how you get here, that we're going to process and release you in the United States and never to be heard from again, shocker, they're going to come. Now, there are a multitude of you know, immigration laws that are weak and ambiguous and allows the cartels to exploit TVPRA, again, is one of those that you mentioned. The Flores Settlement Agreement is another one uh, that has really added to our inability to, to uh, address the illegal immigration crisis and then uh, our border security. But make no mistake, if you enforce the law, if you apply consequences, if you have policies that deter uh, illegal immigration, you're going to see it go down and your, our borders are going to be more secure. And that's exactly what we saw in the Trump administration. That's exactly what we did. Right. So, I mean, we're not detaining and we have nope. these huge backlogs in the courts that incentivize people coming in and making fraudulent claims, which are accommodated by the Biden administration, lets them come in. We don't have bed space, and the Biden administration has not been asking for more funding for bed space. The whole asylum system is broken down. It's turned into a massive highway for illegal immigration. Overall, reduced interior immigration enforcement is non-existent now, right? That's it's right. Really gone. Like we have this Immigration Customs Enforcement, ICE. They don't do anything. That's right, Dan. But but some of that stuff we're talking about, like on the back end, after they've already been uh, processed into the country. So, yes, we, we need more bed space. But before we get to that, what we should be doing is deterring, right? So that's the issue. Why do we need more bed space? Well, because they're not deterring. Their policies are encouraging and facilitating. Therefore, it requires more you know, facilities and more stuff on the back end. Our, our position was, well, well, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't be reactive. We should be proactive and deter it. And that's why, like, for example, the Remain in Mexico program, it acted as a deterrence, sure, sure. right, because we were no longer catching and releasing them into the United States. So we, we didn't need more bed space because by February of 2020, we had reduced illegal immigration by 85%. The deterrence factor, so it required less of the back end in the interior of resources and, and extra things that we needed, again, because we were actually applying the law, we were actually deterring those from illegally entering. I mean, do you think as Americans we unduly complicate the whole immigration we do. question? We do. I mean, isn't it a matter of if you don't play by the rules, you don't play the game? It's that simple, Dan. It really is. And that's why, look, there's a lot of complicated policy and law and things that are happening right now. But at the end of the day, that's really what it's about. And it's the same thing when we're talking about unaccompanied minors. It, it's, it's pretty straightforward, right, is that all we're saying is if you want to come to the country, you come in legally, you apply a, for a valid asylum claim, and then you go from there. That's not what we're seeing. That's not what's happening in the Biden administration. It's why we have 1.4 million known gotaways. The the chief uh, just last week said it's probably 20% higher. So we're looking at 1.7 million uh, total gotaways. But again, when it comes to to unaccompanied minors, the TVPRA, which 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 designed right the lofty goals, right? It was designed to actually address kids that were being trafficked. But it's had completely the well, opposite impact. It all impact. started back in the uh, 90s during the Clinton administration. Correct. When there was a lawsuit brought, I guess, by the ACLU and others. Yep. And the Clinton administration decided to settle that case in what's called the Flores decision. Right. And that really was something that then got enshrined into the law during the Bush administration at the end of W's term. Right. Second term. But then the big problem became in 2008. Eight, that's right. And the fingerprints on that, surprisingly enough, <laughs> not only Dianne Feinstein, yep. but 
Senator Joe Biden, right, who was one of the primary sponsors in the Senate who pushed those amendments. That's right. So, so it really the whole TVPRA, as you said in, in the opening, it started around 2000, and then you had the Flores Settlement Agreement that, that came up. The settlement had before that. Co- correct. It was 2008. Was then amended. Right. That, that's then right. Incorporated the Flores Settlement. That, that's right. And so, so what, what happened was, and this is where we can get a little complicated, but basically, the the, the Flores Settlement Agreement said. If you're a family, and then they reinterpreted that to apply to unaccompanied minors. So for, for all sake purposes, so if you're a family or unaccompanied minor, the Flores Settlement Agreement said that uh, if you illeg- even if you illegally enter, the government cannot keep you for longer than 20 days. It's impossible to get through the, uh, any immigration proceeding in 20 days. It's very, very difficult. The government can't do anything in 20 days that's except a, seize your assets. That, that's, that's right. I, have our time. I think they came to get out of their driveway in 20 days. So, so the reality is, is that's what started the really catch and release. Right, and, and and because we couldn't keep you, so families unaccompanied minors, you you were caught and you were released, and then and then TVPRA in two thousand eight was was really codified. They codified elements of the Florida Settlement Agreement specifically for unaccompanied children. But here's you have to be illegal, yeah, you have right. to be under eighteen, yep. and there's no parent or guardian in the U.S. that yep. they can find to take custody, right? So then they get a certain short period of time to figure out what to do with you, right? And they have to decide whether or not you're a trafficking victim or whether or not you're asylum seeker or what have you, you get 48 hours to make that determination. Right. And then what? The, the reality is, though, that's not all applied, right? The reality is what, what they're really doing on the front end, CBP, they're, they're ensuring that the, 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 the unaccompanied minor has not been trafficked, right? That, that's really the most important thing, and that's the crux of what TVPR tried to do. But then it all breaks down from there, especially on this administration. Well, isn't that because the smugglers use it? knowing they're going to be released? That's exactly right. So basically a law that says we don't want kids trafficked right. is creating the incentive to smuggle them. That's exactly right. And what happens is, and we can talk about this in a minute, what happens is after they're smuggled in and they're in the United States, oftentimes then once they're in the United States, they become victims of trafficking. And that's what I mean by this TVPRA has actually done the opposite of what it was trying to prevent. It's actually incentivizing, created more trafficking than less. But here's how it goes. Unaccompanied minor comes in, Border Patrol, CBP, they look at them and they say, okay, they're not a victim of trafficking. Now what this TVPRA says is that you've got 48 hours process them as fast as you can, turn them over to HHS, which also has the mandates then to process them and find them a sponsor anywhere in the United States and, and get them out. And once they find the a sponsor... the least restrictive setting yep. in the best interest yep. of the child. And the, what's and, been interpreted... And they don't know who those sponsors are for that's the most exactly part, right. right? So and they wind up going into actually more harm. Uh, it, uh, many of them, and that's exactly right, Dan. And, and the, their interpretation of least restrictive means, especially this administration, that just means process them as fast as humanly possible to, to, to reduce the bad optics of kids being in overcrowded facilities. But here's the reality. And they also, and I heard the Secretary of HHS this week in testimony say how um, they vet sponsors. Dan, it's a joke. It's a freaking joke. He, here's, here's how they vet sponsors. They run a quick United States NCIC check, once in warrants. And the sponsor, That's the criminal background correct. data check for our listeners. Co- correct. That's right. And so basically, if they're not wanted or been convicted of a crime, then they'll release the kid to anybody. 
That's the reality. No matter how old they are. No matter how old they are. And and, and right now, County, so you read the numbers that included 21 and 22. If you include the first four or five months of 23, so far in the first 25 months of this administration, there have been almost 350,000 unaccompanied minors come to our borders. And they're losing them. And and that's another thing. This sounds like the child porn industry supply legislation. It is. It is because here's the reality is, is again, they're, they're releasing the sponsors who they've not done actual thorough vetting. I mean, you could have an illegal alien known gang member, as long as they haven't been convicted of a crime, they can be a sponsor. And here's another thing that happens. Once HHS releases them to a sponsor, they basically say, hey, we're done. We're done. And so they don't do, they don't do home visits. They have no idea the condition of the home, who else is living in the, the home that the sponsor now is taking the kid. I mean, HHS, they haven't conducted 350,000 no, home visits. Do we visits. know how many people at HHS are responsible for follow-up monitoring? Exactly. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands of these kids? Exactly. I don't know the number, but I can tell you it's not enough, right? It's it, They can't. They physically cannot. More than two? Do, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, seriously, 350,000. We know HHS, is, they are not doing 350,000 home visits on a regular basis. You know what they consider follow up is 30 days after they've released an unaccompanied minor to a sponsor, they, they, they give them a phone call. That's what they call backup. They give them a phone call, and right now we just learned that, that up to tw- at least 20% they've lost track of, meaning that 30-day follow-up phone call that HHS is supposed to do, they'll call the sponsor, sponsor doesn't answer. They have well, no idea. You know, Biden was involved in the 2008 amendment. Since he's taken office, the number of unaccompanied minors they mentioned in FY21 was 150,000. Yep. That's a 15 times increase in the number since 2008. Yep. Now, wouldn't you think Biden would look at that and go, you know what? Maybe what we did had the contrary outcome. Maybe what we did didn't make Maybe we had good intentions, but something was wrong. What is incomprehensible is in the face of – I mean, I know Dianne Feinstein's lost her marbles at this point. But in the face of – Evidence that something they wanted to do isn't working. There's no response to it. Here's what I'll say. So you gave the 140,000 or so in 21 is 152,000 in 22, and FY23 is on pace to exceed that. Skyrocketing. uh, Skyrocketing. Again, again, 350,000 unaccompanied minors in 25 months. It's a hockey stick. It it is. It's, It's blown every single stat in our lifetime. Here's the issue, though, Dan. He already knew it. He already knew it. Right, so so he knew an issue when he was vice president under Secretary Jay Johnson. Remember, Secretary Jay Johnson said a thousand illegal aliens a day is a bad day. So he knew about his vice president. He knew about his senator. And what I will say is, during the transition, we gave Biden's transition team over two hundred briefings just from DHS. The overwhelming majority of them were on the border security issues. We talked to his transition team about this very issue. We've talked about TVPRA as we're talking about right now. We talked about how actually it's incentivizing and facilitating kids to be trafficked more so, more so than uh, to, to reduce it as the law supposedly was intended to do. He knew all that, and he knows it. He's ignored it, just like they've ignored every single piece of effective border security uh, uh, policy, legislation, tools, and resources. He's ignored it. It's intentional. Uh, and so when you, when you see kids, and we've heard recently about kids being thrown into uh, horrible labor trafficking issues, sure. sex trafficking. Enslavement. It, it's, it's right. It's on Biden's hands. He knows this. Make no mistake. This isn't about ignorance or incompetence. This is all being done intentional. Well, if we were going to amend the TVPRA, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there have been some attempts, right? Oh, that's good uh, Jason Chavitz, good lad, yeah. good lad. Yeah, Cornyn, who usually is not very good on the issue. No, agree. Henry Cuellar, they've tried to introduce some legislation. 
no support from the administration. Um, and I guess they always say, well, you do anything like this, you're going to weaken protections or something along those yeah, lines. It's, but it's no. Yeah. You know, it's hard to imagine that they would actually want to see kids put in danger in this way. That's exactly parents right. Parents are abandoning their children just knowing they think they're going to have a, maybe a better life or maybe they'll join them some years down the line when they come illegally. Maybe they think there's a relative who will eventually find them somewhere in the United States. That, that's the tragedy, Dan. And that, but, but look, this same uh, issue applies to all illegal aliens. Right? So this administration, Open Border Advocates and Secretary Mayorkas, they want to put off a false narrative, basically a lie to the American people, that their policies are safe, orderly, and humane. It's a lie. It's the opposite. And when it comes to unaccompanied minors, the best thing that we can do for unaccompanied minors is deter them from making the journey. We know that that up to you know Doctors Without Borders has said up to thirty percent of young women and children are sexually assaulted on their journey up here. Think about that. So now, when you've increased the number of UACs by three hundred and fifty percent, you've just increased the number of minors that are being sexually assaulted and raped by three hundred and fifty percent. We know under this amendment. Administration, they have recovered over 1,500 dead bodies, right. including including unaccompanied minors uh, uh, on the border physically. 1,500. Isn't it, isn't it interesting? The media have so little interest in that. So little. They were, you know, straining all over. Uh, you know, a couple of people that were yep. separated in the Trump administration. I was there when I was commissioner. There was a, a, a young father and his 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 son that was found face down the Rio Grande River, and that's all the uh, mainstream media talked about for probably a week. And that was horrific. And guess what? We should be talking about that. But guess what we were trying to do? Every day I woke up trying to prevent that. And how do you prevent that? From deterring them from making the so journey. You, so basically we need an amendment. Yes. We need an amendment or a bill in Congress that specifically overturns Flores, Flores and TDPRA. Yep. And basically says if you're an unaccompanied minor who's sent over by your parents, abandoned intentionally. What happens? What should happen to the child? We still screen them. And this is what a lot of uh, uh, people are just, they're not being honest. They'll say, well, if you get rid of TVPRA, then you're just, there's going to be no protection for a child that's being trafficked. No, we didn't say get rid of TVPRA or its intentions. What we said is yes. So let's still maintain the ability to, to evaluate have they been trafficked on their journey to our border? But if they've been t- determined not to have been trafficked, then as a nation, we should do everything we can to reunite them with their parents in their home country. We're doing the opposite now. I traveled to all three Northern Triangle countries, as example, as a commissioner, and I, I reached across and I looked at my counterparts and, and leaders of these countries, and all of them said to me, Dan, independently, Mark, Commissioner Morgan, why, why are you keeping the future of our country? Will you please send our kids back home? I and mean, it was powerful in the right, and it's that simple. So if we find they haven't been trafficked, what we should do as a government is do everything we can to work with their home country and reunite their kids back to their home country. That's what's in best interest of the child. That's what's in best interest of the family. And keep in mind, TVPR, which was even more ridiculous, is your, if you're an unaccompanied minor from Canada or Mexico, what I just described is what we do. We evaluate you if you haven't been trafficked and there's no potential for you to be persecuted if we send you back. If you're from Mexico or Canada and you're an unaccompanied minor, we reunite you with your family. If you're a minor from anywhere else in the country, we keep you. It doesn't make any sense. And you also have special rules under asylum where you don't have to apply within a certain period of time if you're a minor who came in as a minor. So therefore, you can 
dilly dally around for a long that, time without making a claim it. of persecution or that's fear it. of being returned. Right? That's it. The reality is, so especially you can make on this that defensive claim years later. That's exactly right. So the reality is, under this administration, is is you come in, you process, you're given a sponsor, and you'll never be heard from again. And there's no attempt to to to, to really track you, find you, and etc. That they're again, the, their whole goal is to process and release as fast as possible, and then they feign like they have no idea why we've seen this 350 percent increase in uncompanied minors again. Right now, the the and this is important for 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 the viewers and listeners is uh, there there are untold numbers of unaccompanied minors that are smuggled through Mexico into our borders. Smuggled, they haven't been trafficked yet, right? He, here's the just atrocity is that there there's again we we don't know how many, but we know it happens. But the numbers are astronomical. Is once they've entered our system is when then they become trafficked. That's the tragedy here, and that's what this administration and Secretary Marcus and all the open board advocates are not being honest with the American people. The reality is, Dan, as you described a minute ago, there are countless unaccompanied minors that go through this process. They find a sponsor. They find a home, and the sponsor takes off with them, right? They're not corn with DHS. DHS has no idea where they're at, and that's where then they become trafficked, whether it's sex trafficking or labor trafficking, and that's happening every single day in this country. So the major obstacles to reform, what would you say they are? Congress. So Just Congress? Yeah, look, that's, that's absolutely right. Congress— where do, where do the American people go? Our listeners want to change this. They want to stop it. Right. So what, what they need to do is grassroots efforts, get to the local congressmen, right? Uh, get to the representatives, get to their senators, and say, do your job. Coalition letter. Uh, uh, last year, and, and FAIR was a, a leader of this, is we got several conservative think tanks together, and we developed a coalition letter, really the first of its kind. And we laid out a roadmap of what needs to be done to secure our borders and address the illegal immigration issues. TVPRA, Amending TV APRA was a top priority. And as you said, Dan, it's already been tried. It was already part of the good lat years ago. So what's frustrating for me is Congress knows what they need to be done for, for a while, for a couple of decades. They refuse to do it. Keep in mind, you and I were talking about this before. Now, look, yes, Democrats have caused this unmitigated crisis, the worst in our time. But now it's time for the Democrats to fix it. And where are they at? Because remember, even under Donald Trump, the Republicans have the House the and the Republicans. Senate. It's time for the Republicans to fix it. Exactly, mean, right? exactly. Because look, remember, even under Donald J. Trump, he, yeah. he had the Republicans had the White House, two the House, and the Senate. Years. Two wasted years. Paul Dan. Ryan. Yep, two wasted years. And so yeah, now we've seen this playbook before. That's right. So here we've had two years. Two years. The Republicans have been going after the Democrats that they created this crisis, justifiably so, and I agree they have. For two years, they've been saying it's got to be fixed. They even came up with a commitment to America where they said we must have strong borders. They ran on it during the campaign. The American people listened to them and said, okay, Republicans, we hear you. We'll give you back the House. Now, here we are. I mean, we're getting close to April, and we still haven't seen a single piece of meaningful legislation out of the House come to the floor for a vote. Where is it? Well, we have to keep the pressure on and do what we can to try to convince yep. folks. But uh, people like Jim Jordan or Mark Green, yep. you know, they have relevant com committees here. Uh, I think there are strong voices in favor of doing something I about agree. this. And folks need to let Speaker McCarthy know how they feel about this. Because, uh, again, how many more times do people expect to go to the polls and vote on the basis of promises only to see no action, right? That's right. I mean, this is a critical situation. It could not be more dire at this point. The whole border situation is getting to the point of an existential crisis for the future of the country. Obviously, China's sending people across the country, across that border. We don't know what their intentions are. 
We see now frequently known terrorists and terror people on the terror watch list are being apprehended. Imagine the ones that are getting through. It's a very serious situation. Yep. And a big part of that is what we we're talking about today, which is the Wilberforce, William Wilberforce. Yep. Trafficking Victims Protection Reauthorization Act. This needs to change. TVPRA, it's got to change, Dan. And to, look, we haven't even talked a, a lot about the family side of this. And the reality is because the, the Flores Settlement Agreement impacted both families and company miners. And you said the Flores Settlement Agreement in 2008 codified what was pre-established in the, in the floor Settlement Agreement for uncompany miners. But we, what we also have involving kids are fake families, Right. So we have kids, literally when I was there, we had kids that were being bought and, and rented and sold uh, to form fake families because, again, under the Flores Settlement Agreement, if you came to our border as a family, boom, automatic passport in the United States. You weren't detained. You were at least never be heard from again. And by the way, that same judge, Dolly G, G. Yeah, has yep. refused repeatedly to revisit this settlement and reauthorize yep. even yep. though she sees... The chaos it's created. She, she she knows it, and we told her time and time again. And this is why this is why Congress has to step in, and this is why it, it, look we have to put pressure on the Republicans now to do what they know that needs to be done. So we need not just a fix of TBPRA, but we have to have a fix of the Four Settlement Agreement. As you said, Dan, it's not complicated. First, we, we deter, and how do we deter? Well, we tell them if you come to our border illegally and you file a fraudulent claim, which the majority of them are, we know they're economic migrants. We're either going to detain you as you go through your process, or you're, we're going to remove you to Mexico as you go through your process. Dan, I promise you, if we do that, you will see illegal migration drastically reduced within sure. a couple of weeks. Sure. Why? Because we have now deterred them from the one thing they want, which is what? To be released in the United States. Exactly what this administration is doing. They've sent a beacon out to the entire world. Families, unaccompanied minors, everybody, come to our borders. Doesn't matter how how uh, uh, um, valid your claim is. We're going to process and release you in the United States. And now they're trying to get around the the optics of the border crossings by paroling people in, <laughs> yep. flying them in at night, illegally using parole. By the That's way. right. They've, you know, they've legalized otherwise illegal so activity. In, but in the end, if Congress did change the law and mandated this stuff, what's to prevent the Biden or in a similar administration from just ignoring the law again? Yeah, so Dan, I think that's a spot-on question. And here's my response. First of all, I think the answer to that is they're not. They've shown again and again. We, we have a secretary right now of a major department in the United States. For the first time— about in our, Mayorkas? Yeah, Mayorkas, Secretary Mayorkas. For the first time, secretaries come in and said, uh, you know what, those little things called laws that Congress passed— no. Advisory opinion. I'm going to steal that. I think that's right. Advisory opinion. That's right. He chooses which laws he's going to enforce, which he's not. And he actually is making up new law. Right. And, and then he's directing his own personnel that have a statutory responsibility to enforce the law to not enforce it. Right. I mean, we've never seen this before. So It's his own brand of spray paint. That's exactly right. And so I think you're right. So even if Congress does pass these laws, I think what's going to happen is, is that they're not going to enforce them. But guess what? That's why it's so important for 2024, though. So let's get everything set now. Let's get the roadmap in place, and let's get it going back so when we have a president in 2024 that really understands the importance of border security, I guess security, if you want to know who to you ought to be looking at and who you might want to be president in 2024, look at who the left-wing media is attacking yeah, exactly. most aggressively, and that's all you need to know. Right, right. And who also has a track record of proven 
you know, providing a network of tools, policies, and authorities that really what, led to the most what secure is it border. With the left's obsession with mass immigration, this mass migration mania to try to get in people into the country as fast as possible yep. by hook or crook, legally or legally, what is this mania? Look, there's there's two things, and you can draw no other conclusion because again, we have to ask that question in terms of this is this is not through incompetence. This is intentional. Is that they see a perceived political benefit? And I think there's really two avenues. One is illegal aliens. Remember, are counted as part of the census. So there's a very real redistricting possibility that would go in favor of the Democrats. And then they're playing the long game as well, as they believe every single illegal alien they find a pathway to citizenship is going to equate to a Democratic vote. I think they're... Wait, 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 this pathway to citizenship is yep. a, it's a formality. They just go through motor voter and check the box, you know, they've yep. got their voter registration card. That's right. And, and that, now Democrats want to enfranchise what they call non-citizens, illegal aliens, aliens, citizens of other countries. Yep. Right. So, what so, does citizenship mean to the Democrats anymore? It, it, I, nothing. Uh, I, I mean, the, it's completely blurred. I mean, they're calling people who illegally enter and file a false claim and they release non-citizens. They're actually attaching the word citizens when the statutory definition of what it's described is called an illegal alien. Uh, I, I mean, this is all part of the systematic process that they're trying to, to change the narrative. And they're basically lying to the American people. Look, the, our secretary, our vice president, our press secretary of the White House and the president has all for the past two years blatantly lied to the American people and told them again and again that our borders are secure and we have operational control. So, do what we else think do that we Tuberville and um, oh Chip Roy, mm-hmm. yeah, they have a bill? But these things basically say that the DHS secretary can sus- can suspend the entry. Yep, HR twenty nine. But why would Mayorkas yep. do that if even if he had he has the power already to suspend the entry under emergency conditions? Why would that change anything? Well, actually, it codifies it and it takes it out of the hands and authority of a, a CDC and gives that authority to the secretary. So keep in mind, though, is, is yeah, we're hopeful for a short game, but this is a long game. This is about giving and setting up the next president and, and Congress uh, for success, getting a president that's actually going to enforce the law and secure the border. That's why it's so important that, that like, H.R. 29 gets passed because, again, it gives the, the authority to the secretary, takes it out of CDC. That's the Chip Roy bill. That's the Chip Roy bill. Here's so so that's one, but a second and very important part of the Chip Roy bill, Dan, is that what it says is is you either if someone comes across illegally, it goes back to what I was saying, you either detain them. If you don't have the capacity to detain them, this is why I, I'm I'm not for just giving unfettered money to just have you know a million you know a, a bed space. Is that we again we should deter. So what it says is if you don't have the capacity to detain them while they're going through their immigration proceedings, then you remove them to Mexico like an MPP style program. That's what his bill says. And you have Representative Gonzalez who was out there who was blatantly lying to his constituents and lying to the American people about what H.R. 29 does and doesn't do. He has said that it's anti-American, it's anti-Christian because it removes— Anti-Christian? Yeah, anti-Christian. He, his words, quote, because it denies people from claiming asylum. It's a lie. That's right. not what the bill does. Well, what it does is applies deterrence— He needs a little education. That, yeah, it, it, he does. But it really boils down to two words, detention and dockets. Uh, if it, detention, detention and removal. Yep. Well, and yep. dockets. Yep. The point is, if courts are so backlogged— Yep. And you can't detain them until during the pendency of the case because the dockets are so overcrowded. The whole thing falls apart. It right? does, and Everything it has. falls apart. Yep. And obviously, we don't have detention space because the J six defendants are taking it all up. That's for a whole other podcast, right? So, so what we what we did do, we did just that under the Trump administration. 
right? So we were detaining people, and or if we didn't have the capacity to detain them, we were moving them to Mexico under right. MPP. Guess what happened? We only enrolled about 60,000 or so in MPP. And people always say, see, look, it wasn't even that effective. You only enrolled uh, 60,000. Well, the reason why it was so effective, they we only— coming. Exactly, yeah. Dan. F- look, a half a million less came. Or out. Detention or out. That's, That's all it. it is. All That's right. it. Well, on that note, because we're running over sure. time here, for those who have listened all the way through, I congratulate <laughs> you. I'm uh, Dan Stein with Mark Morgan. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we had a good time, and this is an important issue. And it I is. I hope folks will take action because this cannot continue. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan.